Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Gary Alton Church. My name is Tim, and glad you're here with us today. Um, what a beautiful cold. It's cold outside, but man, what a beautiful day we have today. Um, if you're first time here, if you're wondering what's going to happen, I'm going to talk for a while, and then we're going to, some of you giggled, we're going to, we're going to, I'm going to talk a while, then we're going to uh, have a song and close up our services by uh, taking up a communication card. If you've got a prayer request or something, you can write that down, and we'll take up that card after the sermon, as well as our regular contribution, we'll be doing that, so good to be together. Today we're in a, I'm, I'm just doing an introduction, basically, of, uh, of our new series. We're calling it Unfinished, and it's really about the book of Acts. Um, I don't know if you've got any unfinished things lying around the house, unfinished business. Anybody here besides me got unfinished projects? Yeah, i got all kinds of them. I, uh, my wife believes I'm not happy unless I have a lot of stuff going on at the same time, and maybe that's true. Um, I'm working right now on a 4L60E transmission that goes in a Chevy Astrovan. My very first time I've ever really tore it completely down, and I'm putting it back together. There's a lot of parts. Nobody told me. A lot of parts. And they're scattered all over the shop. And uh, yesterday, I'm still in the middle of this thing. I'm watching YouTube. And YouTube is amazing, and, and this guy here is step-by-step step showing me how to rebuild this transmission that was roached on the way back from Galena a couple of weeks ago. And, and, uh, but I've got parts all over the place. They're just everywhere. Right at home, uh, I finally got my Christmas lights down. But I, don't, I haven't finally got them in the box, but I've yet to put them in the storage. Anybody else got Christmas lights sitting around? Yeah, it drives you crazy, doesn't it? Maybe you haven't got them off yet. You're still on your house. Oh my. Okay. But but I've got that. I've got I've got emails and letters to answer. You know, and 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 uh, phone calls to make. I mean, they're just everywhere. I've got half-read books. I used to make fun of my mother because she'd have all these half-read lovey-dovey novels all around her house. And I go, Mom, what is this? I mean, she goes, well, you know, I get kind of tired with one, and I go grab another. And anybody else got half-read books? Not lovey-dovey, I won't say that. But I've got half-read books around the house, too. They're folded, you know, like this, halfway. You know, like, what am I going to get this done? Unfinished business. We have them right now. This week, I'm going to be talking to some insurance people. And uh, about some some insurance matters, I have to go by. It's unfinished. Drives you up the wall. Well, the Bible, when you read the Bible, and you read particularly the ministry of Jesus, you kind of get the impression after he died and resurrected and ascended that he was done. You know, he gets all these guys together. He teaches them for three years, maybe a year. He really works on these twelve and then he dies on the cross, is dead for three days, raises from the dead, and then when he gets the guys together over a period of 40 days, he's giving, the Bible says he's giving them many convincing proofs. In other words, what he did is a fact. And then he takes off. He takes off into, into heaven. And, and, you know, I used to think that, wow, Jesus retired. I guess he's done. You know, didn't he say didn't he say on the cross it is finished? So I guess he's done. No, he was just talking about the redemptive work of God there. No, there's more to do. When you start reading the Bible and start reading after the gospels, you find there's a lot more going on. 
a lot more. Look at this. Look at where we or again we're going to be looking at the book of Acts and today we're just doing an introductory type of thought here. And so let's look at this in Acts one. This is Luke speaking and he says, In my first book, Theophilus, I wrote about what Jesus began to do and teach. This included everything from the beginning of his life until the day he was taken into heaven. What's Luke saying here? He's saying, Well, in my first book, and he's referring to Luke, duh, the Gospel of Luke, yeah. And if you read the first chapter of the Gospel of Luke, the very first verses, he says, Theophilus, I'm writing this, a detailed description of the life of Jesus to bolster your faith. And so now he says, um, I'm writing another book. In the first book, I covered the beginning of what Jesus was doing. And now I'm going to tell you something in this second book. It's like a sequel. What's your favorite sequel? Think about it. In the first service, I said something about, don't say twilight, don't say twilight. You know? <laughs> and I hurt some people's feelings, you know. Yeah. But you know, I think of Jaws 2. It's as good as Jaws 1, I think. I like Jaws 2. Not care for Jaws 3. Yeah, uh, we went on we went on a vacation a few years back, a family vacation, and, and Matt and Brian, Nathan, Nicole, and Denise and I, and we got this cabin in the Blue Ridge Mountains, and we noticed the local drive-in theater was showing the last Harry Potter, the very last one, and so we're all talking. You know, have you seen all the films? Oh yeah, I've seen all the films. D- did you see this one? Yeah, that one. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Did you see the f- first half? What? Wait a minute, and Brian and Matthew, or Brian and, and uh, Nicole, are like, wait a second, you've skipped a couple of sequels. You can't watch the last one. You'll be lost. So we start at the beginning, and we watch all of them. I was lost at the first one, <laughs> to be quite honest. But and they're, and they're stopping the tape. I got a question. They stop. What's the question? So these experts of Harry Potter help fill me in, so that when we finally get to the to the last one and Nicole's with me reminding me now here's what's going on here you need to remember this remember this last one this other episode I go I got it I got it I think you know so there's sequels we love them right now Star Wars and is this which one is this this is number seven yeah you know when I, many of you weren't born some, well most some of you weren't born when the first one came out which is really the fourth one which is confusing to a lot of people now, what are you saying, Tim? They didn't start at first. No, they started with episode four. And then, after they made four, five, and six, they did one, two, and three. And now they're doing seven. Oh, no. No, we don't, we don't talk about They're not really Star Wars, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. But, you know, here's, but here's what's interesting to me. You know, I, if, if, I remember when Denise and I went and saw Star Wars, the first one, which was episode four, at all, at, in Olney, at their theater. And we're watching this. And it was awesome, man. We could wait, but they leave you with a cliffhanger. I hate that because we had to wait a year before the next one came out. Oh man, we got to wait. What is, and finally, Star Wars is coming out. It's about time, George. You know, George Lucas, hurry up. It's about time. Finally, he gets that. And here comes the the next one, The Empire Strikes Back. And I wasn't too crazy about Empire Strikes Back because they leave you with a cliffhanger again. <laughs> Han Solo is in that carbonite, right? And and then Jedi comes along and and I try to imagine watching episode four and skipping five and watching six. It wouldn't have made any sense. 
How did Han Solo end up there? And who's this Jabba the Hutt? He wasn't in the others. Well, when they remade it, they put him in some places, you know. But, but, but that's beside the point. The point is, is that these sequels, what do they do for us? They give us information. They add information. They tell us the next story. For those of you who are older in our church, uh, The Thin Man, excellent movie series. I just come across The Thin Man series on TCM just last month. There are six of them. There are six of them. And you watch, they leave, they, they leave you with them on a train, and then the next sequel, they're on the train arriving where they were going. It's like it, you could put them back to back to back. You know, I think this last episode of Star Wars is like 30 years later or something like that. I don't know if that's... What happened there? They're going to have to do another episode. <laughs> 6.5, I guess they'll have to call it. I don't know. But that's what sequels do. Here we see Luke with the book of Acts giving a sequel of what he talks about in the book of Luke. He's telling Theophilus, I have a second book here. And traditionally, when I was in preacher school, for example, and traditionally, we would get to the book of Acts. And I remember my instructor saying, okay, everybody, uh, um, I need to tell you something. What's that? He goes, well, the book of Acts, that's short for the Acts of the Apostles. And I went, oh. So I wrote, I'm getting ready to write that down on the notes. He goes, but wait a minute. It doesn't cover all the Acts of all the Apostles. So I wrote Acts of some of the Apostles on my notebook. And I thought, well, that makes sense. But when you look at this book closely, you find that this is more than the Acts of the Apostles. These are actually the Acts of Jesus Christ. He's continuing. It's a sequel. He's, and why is that true? Why, why, is it, is it, why is it still the Acts of Jesus? Well, I think it's on purpose that Luke does that. He says, now this is a, what I wrote you before is what Jesus began to do and teach. And now I'm going to write you what he's continuing to do and teach. In other words, Jesus is still working on this earth. He's still working. There's unfinished work. There's unfinished business. There's some things that need to be done. Now, Paul, if you look here in Acts 20, 24, and that is our verse for this year, look at what he says, because he is aware of his unfinished work. I don't care about my own life, he says. The most important thing is that I complete my mission. I want to finish the work that the Lord Jesus gave me to tell people the good news about God's grace. What's Paul saying? I've discovered something. This is in the middle of Acts, in the book of Acts. Paul says, I've discovered something that's more important than anything else I've ever run across. Now, there's been other things that have been important in my life, but this one has become the most important. I don't even care about my life anymore. I don't care what happens to me, but I don't care about all the things I used to care about. This is what I'm going to focus on. I want to be in on what God is doing. I want to finish the work He's given me to do. And so the book of Acts covers the life of Paul. I want to do a series called The Man Who Shook the World sometime this year and look and just focus on the Apostle Paul. Quite a bit of the book of Acts, he's, he, he's brought up in Acts 9, and then he, we begin to follow his life all the way to the end of this book, 20, and chapter 28. And look how, the, look how this chapter ends in the book of Acts up here on the screen or in your notes. This is, this is uh, chapter 28, verses 30 and 31. It says, 
For two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house, welcomed all who came to see him. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus with all boldness and without hindrance. It's a cliffhanger. If you're making a movie, if you're a Steven Spielberg, you've got the camera. I, I, I visualize a camera close up of somebody writing something and then it starts to back off slowly and then you realize it's the Apostle Paul in this house and it has a, a caption for the next two years Paul began in his own rented house to teach people without, without hindrance with great boldness the good news about Jesus the kingdom of God and then it fades off and you go okay, is there going to be a sequel? It, what happens next? I mean history tells us what happens next where's what did you do that for, Luke? Was that on purpose? Or did you do, was that just accidental? I think it was on purpose. I think Luke wants to give the impression, God wants to give the impression by using this man, that there's still unfinished work ahead. There's still more to do. You know, some people believe that Luke toyed with the idea of writing a third book. There's a few that believe that. But well, I'll tell you what, with, with or without that third book, we know this. It's left open to remind us that God is still working on this earth. He's still working in your life. He's still working, bringing about His kingdom on this, on this earth. There's still unfinished business going on. And think about this for a minute. It, Jesus depended on disciples to do this work. And he depends on disciples today to finish this work. You and I are here to continue the work of Jesus Christ. You and I are here to finish what he came to do. Hmm. What did he come to do? That's a good question. What did Jesus come to do? I was looking at that, typed in my Google search. What did Jesus come to do? Found a website. 21 verses in the New Testament. 21 verses that talk about all the things Jesus said or refers that he came to do. Let me give you, uh, let, me, let me tell you to write a few of these passages down and then we'll look at some others in detail. Uh, and by the way, I'm going to show you Luke's. I'm just going to give you Luke because Luke uh, uses almost a third of those 21 or Luke talks about. He really did cover Jesus pretty good. But uh, write this down, Luke 4, verse 18, if you would. And read that sometime. Verse 19 as well. And while you're in Luke 4, look at verse 43. And Luke 12, 51. And you find that Jesus says, I've come to, to proclaim the year of Jubilee or the Lord's favor. I've, in one passage, he says, I come to bring the kingdom to all the towns. That's why I was sent to the towns. In one place, he says, I, I came to proclaim freedom. Another place, he says, I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword to divide people. What's all this all about? What's Acts really about? It's about what Jesus came to do. What did he come to do? Jesus came... To reach people. That's it. He came to reach people. And as I look at all these 21 different references, all of them are relating to people. All these times Jesus says, I come, I've come, it's about reaching people. Let me give you a passage here in Luke 5. 
Jesus said, I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. He goes, I'm here to call people to change. I want to change their life. In, in Luke 19.10, after the, the story of Zacchaeus, the wee little man, you know, he says these words, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. He doesn't want anybody lost. He wants them, wants them found. And in Luke 24, when you read the end of Luke, he's talking to his disciples and he says, he told them, this is what is written, the Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And, there's a big word, and, you mean there's more? Yeah. And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. He says, you're going to be my witnesses of what's about to unfold. You're my witnesses of what's happened and what's about to unfold. He goes, I'm going to send to you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. Jesus says, guys, after I die and resurrect, there's more that needs to be done. I know I said it's finished, but that was something else. There's more to, more, to, more to be done. There's unfinished work to be done. And I'm going to use you fellas, you my disciples, to reach people. And you see this happening all over the book of Acts. You see, you see t- by the way, if, if you, when you study the book of Acts, you're going to notice there are ten conversions. There's a total of twenty conversions. The book of Acts. Ten of them are, are very specific. Ethiopian eunuch, the Apostle Paul, Philippian jailer, Acts chapter 2, you know, the, the, the people of Israel, Pentecost. You see details as to what they did to become a Christian. Then you have ten that are just generic. They say, and the Gentiles turned to God. Or the people believed. They don't give you much detail. But there's all kinds of people being reached out to here. Repentance and forgiveness of sins are be, is being proclaimed. It's being preached. And it started in Jerusalem. We see in Acts chapter 1 and 2. And it just keeps going. Look at this next passage in Matthew twenty twenty eight. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give His life as a ransom for many. When Jesus came, He said, Look, I didn't come here... To, about serving me, fellas. It's about it's about serving others. It's about uh, I, as a, as your king in the kingdom. This is a a stellar value in my heart, and I want it to be in, in the hearts of every person that's in my kingdom that has this selflessness, this attitude that refuses to be all about myself and selfish but serve and even lay down your life for people. And when you read the book of Acts, you see people serving. You see people sacrificing. You see people sharing. They're sharing their stuff with each other. Nothing, the Bible says in Acts, no one considered what they owned was theirs. They shared it with each other. They took care of one another. They lay their life down for each other. And then in Matthew uh, 16, 18, I think this is a very interesting point here. 
says, so I tell you, you are Peter, and I'll build my church on this rock, and the power of death will not be able to defeat my church. He says, my church is going to have more power than the power of death. And what do we see in the book of Acts? We see the church starting with great power, with incredible power. I want to talk about that somewhere in this series. See, Jesus came to build his church. He, he came to build a place for people. For people. So Acts, so we could say this. Acts, the book of Acts, defines what the church is and what the church does. You say, well, that's well, sure, Tim. Well, wait a minute. This is very important for us here at Greater Alton. It's very important in churches of America. It's very important for any of us here who have any heritage, religious heritage, who've been in churches. Because the Bible defines what the church is and what it does. We're going to be out of here in a few minutes, and you're going to be going eating somewhere. Maybe you'll go home, but most of you will probably go find a place to eat. And let's say you run into a friend and go, hey... Where you, how's it going? Great. Where you been? Oh, I just came from church. And they ask you, what is church? How would you answer that? You know how some people answer it? Well, church is when I get together with two or three fellows and we sit around a table drinking coffee and, and we talk a little theology to one another. That's church to some people. I've met people who said church is about nature, the great outdoors. Well, my the church is being outdoors, and my and and you know the singing I hear is the birds and the stream, and you know and at night the stars, and that's that's the preaching I hear. And that's I go on these nature walks, and I'm inspired by God. I want, I got news for you. That's not church. That's not church. It's good. It's good to do. I'm not. I, I think that's wonderful to do. Go out on walks. It's a, it's a lot of fun. But that's not church. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're, okay, Tim. Well, well let, me, let me give you another one. Uh, church is, is listening to Christian music and podcasts. Did you hear the latest sermon from you-know-who and that guy there? And he's got a great big church and he's awesome. You, you need to listen to that one. And that's to a lot of people. That's what church is. Now, uh, there's nothing wrong with podcasts. I listen to them. I don't think there's anything really wrong with them. I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm not saying there's something wrong with listening to Christian music. Please, more people need to be listening to Christian music. <laughs> right? But that's not church. Church is the worship services. No, it's not. You sure, Tim? We're going to church. I tell my kids, well, then we're going to church. I remember Nathan, uh, we listened to this old group called AVB, Acapella Vocal Band. And it starts off with this dad talking to his son. He goes, hey, buddy, let's get, let's get dressed. Okay. He goes, hurry, because we're going to go to church. And the kid goes, you can't go to church. And, and the father goes, son, what do you mean you can't go to church? You can't go to church because you are the church. And in, you can't go to church, as some people say. The terminology we use every day. You can come to a building, you can sit in a pew, but you can't go to church because the church is you. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You're not going to buy my CD, okay? <laughs> but, but it's not the building, it's not the ministries, it's not the events, it's not 
that. And people leave over things like that. Too hot, too cold, sermon too long, sermon too, too short. You know, we didn't have, that event wasn't any funny anymore. We don't do anything. You know, it's not, a, church isn't about that. Are they good stuff? Absolutely. Very good stuff. I, I tell you, I am for events. Oh, I love events. When I got that Facebook post from Mike Denius saying that we may need a little more help with this anti-Valentine saying because I invited 140 people and you guys invited like the teens answered and said well we invited almost 250 Uh, might be a little larger than we expect we better get the count right oh I love that I'm just slurping it up Teresa in the trunk, or drive, you know, these kids are, we're wowing them, scaring them, adults too. It's a black, oh, event, oh yeah. Have some chowder. I just, I eat it up. But that's not church. We're not here to throw a bunch of parties. It's good. It's good, but isn't church more than that? Oh, it's devotionals and classes. No, 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 no. See, here's the problem. When you and I start defining church, I'm just as guilty. We start defining church, what it should be and what it should do, based on our own personal preferences, and we get some kind of strange, morphed, crazy religious group. It's happening all over America. The newest fad, the newest thing. And folks, the world will change, but the Word will not. And you know what the Word says the church is? It's you. It's a community of people that live together to complete the unfinished work of Jesus. That's what it is. That's what it's about. It's not about PowerPoint and not about, you know, we got the cool if we have a cool building or there's times I've I've wondered if we thought I'd just trash this place. I'm not saying I'm not anti-building. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's not. We get all hooked up and we get all we get all connected to these things that give us what. Well, that's what the church is. This and no, it's 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 people. It's all. It, Jesus was about reaching people, and it's always been about people. Has church is church about people to you, or has it become about something else? When we do things, classes, devotionals, worship services, events, ministries, is it about the people? And don't, uh, some of you might be smug and say, well, isn't it about Jesus? Yes, because he was about people too. You're never more like Christ than when you're focused on what he focuses on people. And I'll tell you, I get confused. If you're not confused sometimes with what the church is to be and what it's supposed to do, I, I'm with you. I get there too. But Acts can clear it all up. If we'll just go back to the book and look at this early church. Oh, man, I just want us to be like this place made of people that are like Christ. You know, the disciples were having trouble. They had their own idea of church or kingdom, and uh, if you will. Look at Acts 1, verse 6 here. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? 
Now, there's a lot of different comments about this. You know, I get, I think they're talking here about, are you going to restore, put us back on top? You're going to, you're going to conquer Rome and put Israel, the, the nation, the political system back on top of things like it used to be. Man, people used to fear us. And are you going to bring it all back? And I can just imagine the disciples as they're walking with Christ, learning the, here's the Messiah and he's raising people from the dead, healing the sick, and they're going, this must be the guy. And then he gets killed. And so for three days they're going, I guess he wasn't the guy. And then, bam, he's back. But bam okay, we're back on track. Are you going to do it now? Like a kid in a car. Are we there yet? Is it now? And look at this answer Jesus gives. He says, it's not for you to know the times and dates the Father has set by His own authority. What's He saying? Is He saying it's none of your business? I don't think He's saying that. He's saying that's, that's, that's not the point. That's what He's saying. That's not the point. I am going to restore something. And yes, I'm going to restore Israel and much, much more. Look at it. What are you talking about, Tim? Well, look, He says, but, there's that word but. He, he changes the topic, doesn't He? But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He says, look, it's not for you to know the dates and when this is going. You just need to do the work. Finish the work I've started. You see, I didn't come to conquer Rome. I came to conquer you. My kingdom is bigger than Israel. Yes, I want Jerusalem in there. Yes, I want Judea, the region, the Jewish region. But I want those backward, flaky, you can't stand people of Samaria in my kingdom. You know anybody like that? You can't stand? Obnoxious, weird, different. Don't want them in here. Jesus says, I do. And then he says, the ends of the world, who are they? The Romans. No, you don't, you're not serious, are you, Jesus? You're not going to put the Romans in here. You want the Romans in this place? I want the people that mistreat you, that are awful to you. I want everybody. This kingdom is not just about Israel. It's about everybody because I came here to reach people. And so what do you see in the book of Acts? They're witnesses. Heralds, if you want to say. They're, they're out telling people what? Yeah, this is something. They're telling them about Jesus, about there's a new king, there's a new kingdom. And you know, I, one of the things that really struck me recently, I didn't realize, it was brought to my attention, there's a lot of riots in the book of Acts. <laughs> a lot of people are mad in the book of Acts. What are they mad about? You know, I don't get it. You know, I, I, they get mad today. You start talking about Jesus. Yeah, Jesus is great. He loves you. Oh, really cool. That's wonderful. And things are going great. And you go, now, this is the kind of life he wants you to have. What? What's just collided? Two kingdoms. There's God's way and the world's way. And they never get along. And so if I'm going to, if I'm going to, Complete the work of Jesus. They killed him. Trying, he's trying to get it done. What do you think they're going to do to us? We, we live so easy right now. 
And maybe it's so easy for us because we're just not making that much of a wave where we are. Because when you start getting a hold of this idea that I'm here to complete the work of God, the work of God is not attractive to many in the world. And I look at this and I go, he says, you're going to be witnesses of all these places. And when you read the book of Acts, I mean, fact, in fact, I think it's verse 10. It says, they're looking like Gomer Pyle. Some of you know who I'm talking. Golly, look at him go. Like we're watching fireworks or something. And the two angels, I wonder if they're the same two that were at the tomb. Bing, 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 what? What are you standing around for? Uh, what are you doing? I'm watching something. Let's Man, you got work to do. What are you standing around for doing nothing? Look at this guy. He's coming back. You better go to Jerusalem, like he said, and start this process of stuff that needs to be done. Is that what I'm reading in my Bible? Is that what I, I think that's what I'm getting. That this, we're not done. Some of us act like we're done. Well, I, got, I, got, I became a Christian. I got baptized. And, okay, now what, what are you going to give me? What's next? Entertain me. Help me with this. Help me with that. You know, the book of Acts, you know what they were doing? They were reaching Jews and Gentiles. They were reaching rich and poor. I, I tell you something I noticed, and maybe some of you can help me here. I looked in the book of Acts to see, did they ever mention the kingdom of Israel again? I can't find it. I find some hinting. But they never talk about the kingdom of Israel again. All they talk about is the kingdom of God. It wasn't exclusive anymore. It was for everyone. Powerless and powerful people are reached. All races are reached. And you're not too far gone to be reached. I mean, they went into some hell holes, guys, trying to reach people. What are they doing? Well, you give up on those people. He doesn't do that. It's for everybody, Tim. Yeah, but even those people? Even those people. But they don't agree with me politically. They don't agree with me morally. But we've got to go talk to them. I don't want to have anything to do with them. Jesus would walk right in those places. And his people, his disciples, would follow him there too. The church is a community of believers living and working together to serve and finish what Jesus started. They're bringing His kingdom to the people. They're letting other people know. They're letting people know there's a better life than in the government or situation you're in. There's something much better. Jesus is the king that will never die. The other kings would die. This one wouldn't. This king is more powerful than anything you've ever seen. He makes more sense than anybody else. And he loves you. You know, I don't know about you, but if you were an early Jew, and you heard a, a Jew, by the way, an early Jew that didn't care for the structure they were in as a Jew, the, the, the king of the Jews, Herod, whoever it be, wasn't that cool a guy. He wasn't that good a guy. And on top of that, you got Roman tyranny on top of that. And you hear about another kingdom? I think, I, you know, I've had enough kingdoms for a while. 
But not with Jesus, guys. Jesus was so different, and he is so much different. It's my prayer, guys, that we aren't going to become, as a church, that so many churches have become, I'm afraid we've become this in so many ways, and that is this vendor, this vendor that's about supplying and delivering goods and services that fit my needs or my wants, my preference, my likes. And this is, Jesus said, I didn't come to, I come here to serve God and do what He wanted, not what I wanted. Remember, He prayed in Gethsemane, Father, you know, you take this cup from me because I don't want to do this, but not your, I, I tell you, not your will, but mine, or your will, not my will, your will be done. I want to do what you want. So it's my prayer, guys, that as we go through this series, let's open our hearts to the Scripture and desire this, this early church, the passion and excitement and the vision. Last night, I, I, I was with the college students. You know, you, if you guys are crusty and getting crusty, just go out with the, the college students for one evening. We're watching SIUE take on Illinois in hockey. I'm going, I'm walking, I'm going, is that Illinois? I see this big eye. That's Illinois. We're t- we're too small to take on big bad Illinois. What are we doing playing Illinois? Well, we beat them this last night, eleven to one. I mean, we're eleven to three. I just, we slaughtered them last night. I'm like, really? Hey, Illinois, how you like that? You know, strutting my stuff. I didn't even go to SIU. I don't know why. But I got red on, and here they come, and they're playing, and it's crazy. And they, SIU has a. Two shot lead. They lose it in the last few minutes of the of the third period, uh, and SIUE scores with less than a second to tie it back up, and then they win in overtime. And this place goes berserk. Denise goes, "Aren't you glad you came?" And I said, "Well, I'm I'm lightheaded. Yes, I am. I'm glad I came. There's some exciting." You know, what they're doing, the campus is doing right now, is they're taking themselves, instead of telling everybody, hey, come to our cross chat, they're going, they're going to use SIUE and Lewis and Clark's events to go reach people. One of our students said, I wouldn't have met these two people if I, we hadn't have done this. And they're, they're out getting to know people, starting friendships, and hopefully someday bringing people to Christ through that idea. Isn't that something? That's, that is strategic. Why? Because the campus ministry... They want to reach people. It's about people. Are you about people? Do I have to say God too? You already are, right? I mean, I'm talking about, are you after what God is after? And that's what I hope that this, in this series, we'll, we'll try to focus on. Pray for me because I don't want to get this wrong. I desperately want to see us as a New Testament church. More and more and more. What can I do in this series then? What do, you, what do you want me to do, Tim? Let me give you an assignment to do. First, read the book of Acts. Read it. I'm surprised how many times we say we're going to cover a book and none of you read it. What's the point? Lazy. Get off your blessed assurance and read the book of Acts. Read it. Number two, pray through the book of Acts. I've learned, boy, I tell you, I really get a lot of stuff when I pray through the book of Acts. How do you do that? I don't know. Just do it. Read it and pray through it. When you read, you know, Lord, give me that power. 
When you see somebody, con- help me meet an Ethiopian eunuch like that. Help me meet an open person like that. Help me be open to your word. Just, you know, God, let, let it happen here that your Holy Spirit just takes over. And the third thing you can do is discuss the book in your small groups. Now, why would I say that? Because many of us are going to our small groups not even reading or preparing. And you want somebody to feed you. And then you turn right around and say, I'm getting tired of people telling me what to do. Well, I'll tell you what. We're getting tired of telling you what to do too. Preach. We get tired of it too. Sit there and, did you read that? No. Did you study that? No. Why not? Oh, it's on the internet. We got it on our website. You can look at those questions. We got books. You, heck, you can go online and read, read the book of Acts, a commentary. You can study yourself. I don't know if I like this in T. Wright. Don't have to. There's plenty of other people. But at least come prepared to discuss. Not just say, yeah, I'm going to be quiet and you tell me. Right. Knock it off. Sorry. Not really. Okay, here's the, look at this passage. Look at this passage. I'm sorry. Look at this passage. I'm not sorry either. Okay, look at this passage. It says, One generation will command your works to another, and they'll tell of your mighty acts. One of my favorite sequels is Lord of the Rings. Okay? And in Lord of the Rings, it's the tower one. It's the second one, right? And in this, in this, at the end of this movie, you have Frodo and Sam together. <laughs> and they're trying, they're, you know, they're working through the forest to get to this ring. At, is it Mordor where they're going? They're trying to get this, they're trying to destroy this evil ring. Remember? It looks like a big eyeball. <laughs> Scary. And they're working their way through the forest. And Sam begins to speak. He says, I wonder if we'll ever be put into songs or tales. Frodo turns to him and says, what? He goes, I'm just wondering. You know, I wonder if people ever say, let's, let's hear about Frodo in the ring. And, and they'll say, yes, that's one of my favorite stories. Frodo was really courageous, wasn't he, Dad? Yes, my boy. The most famous of hobbits. And, they'll, and that's saying a lot. And Frodo, as they're walking, says, but... but but Sam, you've left out one of the chief characters. Sam Wise the Brave. I want to hear more about Sam. He turns to, turns to Sam. Frodo says, Sam or Frodo wouldn't have gotten very far without Sam. And Sam kind of like, Mr. Frodo, I, you shouldn't be making fun. I was being serious. And Frodo says, so was I. And as they're walking... It gets real quiet, and you hear Sam kind of mutter, Sam the Brave. Yeah. Wouldn't it be cool if we were talked about like that? Guys, generations come and go. There's going to be a day, even that wind last night, that moment when it went crazy. I couldn't help but get a little emotional because I remember when I was 20 and had those moments... And they're gone, long gone. And there'll be a day when you'll all, you campus students are going to go, remember that when we played Illinois? That seems so long ago. Generations come and go. They commend, they hand off the work to the next one. They tell, here's what you've got to do. You've got to get this done. 
And I just wonder, after we're all gone, well, another generation will be here. What will they say? Will they say, Greater Alton was a great place to be. They loved the Word of God. They loved God. They loved each other. Yes, every once in a while they get knocked down, they get off track. But you know what they do? They instinctively would call out to God and look at His Word and get back on track. They, those, those people, I, I hope a generation, somebody will say, let me tell you the story of the sacrifice that was made. The, the money that people gave. The time that they sacrificed. How they shared with each other till it hurt. Because they, they didn't want any needy people among them. That they were a place that gave hope to people. They weren't in it for themselves. They were in it for Jesus and only Jesus. They relied on the Holy Spirit to help them do things they couldn't do by themselves. And God did amazing stuff at that place. Oh, I hope. Don't you want Him to say that? Talk about Coral the Brave. Huh? Am I right? Ryan the Radical, right over here. Am I right? Andy the Awesome. I was talking to a preacher at Godfrey. I pray with him every Sunday morning. He goes, Tim, think about it. They'll call you Tim the Magnificent. I go, no, 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 no. Tim the Menace, maybe, but not the Magnificent. And I just couldn't, I could, I, you know, but secretly, don't we want to be, there'll be a grandchild or a, or a friend of a friend of a friend says, how did I get here? And they, they trace it back to you having the guts to share your faith with somebody. Wouldn't that be something? Greater Alton the Brave. Wow. Yeah. I hope in this series we will capture what this early church was about and we, can, we will see the unfinished work that's ahead of us every day. And we'll just get in on it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this church in the book of Acts. So inspiring to read the courage and the faith and the sacrifice and the joy and, you know, the, just all of it, Father. It's so cool. And Father, I pray you help, help us as, as greater Alton. Here we are. We're now writing chapters right now in this unfinished book of your son's acts. Help us write it well, Father. And if we haven't done a very good job, that we just say, you know what, it's, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm getting in on this. Father, I pray that, that, that you'll use us this week to recognize, use us during this series to recognize the opportunities to do something and to say something that your son would once said, that Jesus would once said and done, whether it be with our family or with strangers in a classroom, a shopping market. Father, I just pray you'll just help us, help us see our mission. 
Help us see our mission. Father, we get caught up in all this stuff. We get caught up in how church ought to be done. and We end up neglecting what you want done. God, help us change that. Help us change that even more and be an agent that you can use, a servant, and have this attitude that says, Lord, whatever you need me to do, just tell me what you need me to do. That's what I'm asking, Lord, this whole time. What do you want me to do? You want me to quit? You want me to go forward? You want me, you want me to serve? You want me to... You want me to lead. Father, help us be the kind of church that brings a kingdom here that is, that's interested in conquering first ourselves and the world with your gospel, your kingdom. Thank you, God. Your king. Somebody here needs to know that, that your kingdom is for them. It's for everyone. Let them know that, Father, that they that you want them in your kingdom, that you want them in a relationship with you, Father, because that's what you came to do through your Son. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.